Hey, I'm Jeanette, professional ballerina and soloist with Bearish Stotts Ballet. And I'm Min, a non-professional adult ballet beginner and the boss lady at Club and Victory Dancewear. And this is Blab Swans, a podcast where we talk about all things ballet related. Basically, we came up with this idea for a podcast since we've been word vomiting voice messages to each other about ballet and lots of other things. So we decided, why not just start a podcast? And we plan on incorporating our own interests into the podcast and speaking from our own experiences and opinions as a professional dancer and as a non-professional adult dancer. So it's meant to be a casual and fun kind of space, and we hope you enjoy our premiere episode. We're bowing, you just can't see it. Feel free to throw roses at us. Okay, hi guys. Uh, Welcome to part two of our eating disorder discussion. It was cut a little bit short last time. Uh, It was meant to all be in one episode, but here we are for the second one. Uh, We're going to touch a little bit more on recovery this time. So... How are you? Hi, Jeanette. I'm doing all right. Well, I say I'm doing all right, <laughs> but I haven't told you. I've had like a couple of mental breakdowns, I will tell you, the last few days. Like, quarantine mm. lockdown has not been super fun, but I'm hanging in there, you know, ups and downs. Um, but I'm doing all right now. Um, how are you doing? I heard you had that concert. I'm... I wanted to ask you about that concert you did. Yeah, uh, our theater has been doing these Monday concerts that um, don't, you know, we can't have an audience still, mm, mm. and it involves less people, mm. and they've been live streaming it, and then they, like, post it for two weeks or something, a couple of days after the fact. Mm. So it's been, like, really a strange experience, <laughs> like, performing, and no one's out there. Uh, but this last time, I got to dance with my fiancé, Jin, and that was, like, a little bit more fun because I wasn't out there by myself. It was very weird when I was by myself. On an empty and there stage. was like n- there's like no audience and the lighting's a bit weird and stuff right yeah and it's not a rehearsal like i don't know that's not normal i was like i'm supposed to feel like i'm it's a show but it doesn't feel like a show like mentally how has it been for you like getting back into the theater has that been better for your like mental health and whatever and like physically how has that been or is it kind of like the same ish for you well, it's been good, I guess, because, I mean, I think everyone is super over living room ballet. Like, <laughs> no one wants to do that crap ever again, I think. Um, I was so sick of it. And also, like, my body hurt so badly from overcompensating in my living room. So I would definitely say, in general, I feel a lot better getting back into the theater. And then also with these um, kind of performances, then it kind of gives me, like, a... Uh, reason to be you yeah. know as a dancer i mean i have plenty of other interests but um as a dancer it gives me a sense of purpose so i think it's like nice to go back to the yeah. thing that you know you really enjoy doing and that you find very fulfilling yeah yeah um i've actually like it's different now but um i've actually like taken a couple of like i started doing um those follow along like Instagram live classes after my friend I asked my friend to do one for CMB and I had fun with that so I like I Uh. did another one I was like I kind of am enjoying it a little bit more than just doing like follow along classes on YouTube I don't know why it's it's somehow like the live element 
that makes you feel like you can't slack mm. off as much or something. <laughs> Even though, like, in between combinations, if I'm hungry, I'll still, like, run and, like, get chocolate or something. <laughs> like, sit down, but I'm, like, paying attention more because yeah. I can't fast-forward through anything. Yeah, 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 that's true. Also, um, I remember in the beginning, a couple of my friends, like, in London, um, we all, like, had the idea that maybe we could do, like, Zoom classes together. Oh, was this the e and And, like, people? we would... Yeah. yeah, it was EMB people. It was, like, Senri, and then I think also at one point, um, I, th- I feel like the twins did it at one point, and, uh, but anyway, yeah, it was, it was kind of fun because we would do, like, a live class, but we would do it all together, so then you kind of felt like, mm. I don't know, your, like, response, like, I don't know, you don't want to embarrass yourself in front of your friends, <laughs> so you feel like you have to try a little bit. Oh, I, I, nice. I haven't graduated to Zoom classes yet. <laughs> Let's see how it goes. Oh, God. I'm so sick of Zoom. Like, I will be deleting that app. I should have already deleted it. I mean, it's over. Oh, don't, I'm back. Don't say that my Zoom background is Roberto Boli, so I technically, I, I, based on that, I'm not allowed to delete my Zoom. Right. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> but that sounds right. Yeah. But I'm glad to hear that you're doing better, like, and getting back to theater and stuff. Like, I'm waiting for lockdown to end. It's yeah. kind of like a roller coaster, but it's just, like, nice, I think, to be able to, like... Um, I think the nice thing is to, like, be able to, like, talk to people about it and have friends and, you know, all that good yeah. stuff. But, yeah, right. it's not always the easiest thing, but, you know, it's one of the things where it's like, we'll get through it eventually. Yeah, I know. It's not easy. No feeling all our feelings it's a shame it goes on so long yeah i mean <laughs> i think it's just like i don't know i was talking to him like my psych and he was like what do you see for the future and i'm like i can't tell you what i'm gonna see in the future i'm just taking it one day at a time and i think that's kind of like <laughs> the best approach like if i think about the future i'm like i don't know how long this is gonna be don't ask me what's gonna happen at the end of the year we have no idea let's just do it one day at a time <laughs> No, I think, like, if anything, quarantine has taught us that you gotta, like, just take one day at a time. Yeah, I mean, because, like, you really don't know what's gonna happen the next day. Like, there could be a spike, we could all go back in, there might be a vaccine, we'd all be like, yay! Well, we could all successfully flatten the curve, and we'd be like, yay! But you have no idea, (laughs) so. True. Yeah. But yeah, I think there's just a lot of stuff going on in the world right now. It's not just a coronavirus situation, but obviously, um, and I think, you know, we've both... Um, talked about this, you know, among ourselves and among friends and on our various, like, Instagrams, you know, um, regarding, like, the issue of, like, yeah. uh, George Floyd and, you know, police brutality and systematic discrimination and racism that has come up a lot. So, I kind it's almost, like, weird for us, and we were just talking about this before we started recording, it's almost weird for us to be, like, talking about um, eating disorder recovery um, when, you know, everybody is, you know, really focused on you know, all the, I guess, the injustices and, you know, this, like, collective outpouring of, like, anger and grief that's going on um, right now. It is, it is weird to be sort of talking about something that's not on that topic just because that is such an important thing right now and it is important to keep it going. Mm, Yeah, absolutely. And to use our platforms to actually speak out and then actually do things, not just talk about it, but, you know, I've been, like, trying to email people and get things changed, even though I'm not living in the U.S. at this point. Um, But at the same time, I think, yeah, there are issues, though, that people are still dealing with. um, We still got a plague going on. We want to talk about. 
you know? <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, we felt like um, we have to kind of continue our discussion with eating disorders because it is important. We had a lot of people kind of reach out to us afterwards. Um, but at the same time, I think we want to explore how we can possibly cover a topic that is relatable within ballet, probably in our next season of Blab Swans. Yeah, I mean, we want to, we definitely in, uh, want to, you know, have a this, see what we can do to continue the discussion about how to, you know, make ballet uh, more inclusive and diverse, you know, in terms of like, yeah. you know, race and body type and, you know, a, a lot of age, even there's lots of different things surrounding it. But generally, I think we're both in agreement that we hope to like, in the future, like have a discussion about how to make ballet um you know, like we said, more diverse. Yeah, more accessible to more kinds of people. And I think, anyway, I think that that's sort of a, it is sort of a thing that anyway we are always talking yeah. about. Yeah, Um, You know, we are always talking about how we want things to be more inclusive and people to feel allowed or they're accepted in this community yeah. and not feel like because you don't, fit a certain standard then you don't so but I think we need to like actually maybe address this topic a little bit more specifically yeah um, yeah because it is a whole load of stuff <laughs> it is a lot and yeah we're just hoping to unpack it in the future but we just thought that it was important for us you know that's the situation um if you've seen like the CNV mm-hmm. Instagram and if you've seen Jeanette's Instagram you know that we've talked about it but I think we also felt like we should say it here because we are both very much in agreement that we are um we stand against um, systematic discrimination and racism and we hope to, you know, and, you know, our community is ballet and we hope to do, you know, our what we do personally and, you know, um, professionally make ballet, do our part to make ballet, you know, more inclusive. Yeah. Yes. Um, but yes, let's move on to the lovely topic now of recovery. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I guess in that sense, in that case, I'd probably just be sharing a couple of um, things that helped me to recover from my eating disorder. And then after that, um, a couple of people submitted questions for us about um, in relation to like eating disorders and eating recovery and body image. And, you know, we'll, you know, uh, address those questions based on our own experiences. And we hope that, you know, you guys will find it helpful. But also thank you for um, trusting us to send us those questions and, you know, be vulnerable with us. Yeah. Um, that was really nice. <laughs> oh, thanks, friend. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I'm just going to go through, I think, five, four quick points about, like, what helped me to get better, to recover from an eating disorder. Um, and, I mean, I think this comes first from the place of, like, after acknowledging that you have the problem, you know, what do you do? And I think the, f- the first thing, obviously, f- the most important thing is to, like, get help. And people don't necessarily know where to get help from, which I guess, I guess is kind of understandable because you're like, you kind of, okay, you kind of know you have a problem. But like me, you're not sure if you have the problem. You're not sure if you're good enough for the eating disorder. What do you do? And I think the first way to do that is just to, like, talk to, like, a loved one about it. For me, it was, like, uh, you know, my family members because they even though they didn't really ex- exactly know that I had an eating disorder, even though they could tell something was wrong, it's like, then you have somebody else who can help you 
find the resources to figure out what's wrong you know and they help you like get medical help if you need it or like or like tell you you know this is the issue that you have and so you know in that sense I think the first step is to like first starting to confide in the loved ones and then seeing a medical professional about it um and I think that's the thing I would urge people to do because I think I said this previously like I didn't know I had an eating disorder because my brain just wouldn't let me believe it but it's that thing if you think you have a problem just go and see help from it see a doctor it doesn't hurt to do that because you know they are the ones who'll be able to test you and tell you whether you do or not and like I said if you think you have a problem that's probably something that you need to like that's probably something there that address yeah and it needs to be addressed um and I think it's very common for people to be afraid to open up to even a family member to say I think I need help um especially when you have anything disorders as a part of you that's afraid of what that help will look like um, you know, will that help involve me having to eat more um, and stuff like that? And so I can understand why it's scary for people um, right. to do that. But I guess that kind of leads me on to my second point, which is that it's difficult to acknowledge that, you know, you have the problem. It's scary to want to get help. But, you know, I think for me, what was very helpful in that sense was that I and I think it's, and this looks different for everybody, is to find reasons to want to get better. Um, for me, it was like the thing about like, I didn't really know what was wrong, but I knew that I wanted to be able to enjoy my life again. I didn't want to live a very miserable life. And so that was kind of the impetus for me to start to like take the first steps to reach out to people. And you know, it wasn't something that happened overnight where I was like, yeah, I want to get better. Okay, I'm going to talk to my mom. I have an alien problem. Let's go see a doctor. You know, it didn't happen like that. It was still sort of a realization. But I'm hoping that if I can tell you this, then maybe you will be able to um, actually maybe not waste as much time as I had and not go through that miserable the do I or do I not situation. But I mean... Um, definitely like I know another friend who had eating disorder like her reason to get better was that she decided she realized that I can choose like quality over quantity like in terms of like I can choose the quality of my food and that's more important to me than like the quantity of how much or how little I eat and like I couldn't really relate to that reason <laughs> so everybody's reason <laughs> is different mine was just like I just want to enjoy life again and part of that involves like not feeling like I want to, I'm going to collapse and die all the time. And part of that involves the fact that I want to eat pizza again, <laughs> you know, and yeah. enjoy it. And I think this extends not just be, not just to like eating disorders, but in general mental health, Jeanette, where I find that, you know, having a reason to get better and not necessarily involves having, it involves also having internal reasons within yourself, but also external reasons where like, um, you know, for you where I think when you've, um, you know, when you have a down period and then, you know, your fiancé is there and you're like, oh, that's the reason for me to, you know, keep going yeah. when I'm feeling down. And I think that's the same thing with, like, any sort of mental health recovery. For me, it was, like, part of it was, like, I want to get better. When I find it hard to get better for myself, I'd be like, I want to get better for my family because they're trying to help me. And also, um, mm -hmm. I want to get better for my dog. <laughs> that was, like, the thing when I felt <laughs> like I had nothing. It was the dog. <laughs> I, like, it's not, um, I didn't have my cat when I had some of my worst, um, like, anxiety stuff, yeah. but sometimes when I am feeling anxious, I also think, 
like he just wants me to come home and pet yeah. him like he's re- like when i'm sad he really doesn't know what to do with himself yeah. he really acts out actually. oh no like you think cats don't care but actually like, they do i mean some cats but especially him he's very sensitive to our feelings so. yeah i know what you mean <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like oh i was like oh is it like i mean I always think that recovery is almost more traumatic than the process of getting an eating disorder, like anorexia, because mm-hmm. recovery is when like all the internal issues that cause it come out. So I struggle with a lot with like severe depression and suicide on top of like the whole thing about like having to feed yourself and feeling very guilty about it. And so there were times mm-hmm. when I felt very suicidal and I was like, and I felt very alone and abandoned by my family because just because I felt like I wasn't understood. Um, because you know obviously they had it was not something they had gone through yeah. so but right. <laughs> i would just be in that place of being very dark and then i would be like i can't commit suicide because i can't traumatize my dog <laughs> <laughs> well that's good you know the, the animals are pure and innocent yeah and it's need our grief i think it's like a small thing like i know some people have told me that like finding um like having their having like a partner like a boyfriend or a girlfriend has been really helpful for them because it's just like a source of support um so you know yeah. um i so i like again i think you know part of those reasons to get better like finding those external reasons where you don't necessarily have them internally might be like a partner might sense. be family members or might be a pet never understand and underestimate the power of pets yeah, that love is special. And they do love you unconditionally. Like, my dog, when she sees I'm really upset, she'll come and want to lick my tears. Aww, it's really, yeah. really sweet. Yeah. That's so cute. You know, I love her. Um, and then the other thing to remember is that, what I would say is to remember that, like, recovery actually is discipline. To, when you're, when you're, when you've, you know, light when you've conditioned your brain to think that, you know, putting food in your mouth is bad, starving yourself is good, it's discipline and stuff. Um, fighting against it and being disciplined enough to say, no, I deserve to eat, I deserve to rest, I deserve to nourish myself, I deserve to get better, is actually in itself like almost like the highest form of discipline because, you know, mm-hmm. you're fighting, it's, it's almost, I would say, it is kind of, in a way, easier to not do it. You know, to not give in yeah. to those voices and just, like, instead of just, instead of, like, actively fighting against them, which is really exhausting, and to force yourself to, like, put that food in your mouth or, like, not go and do, like, a crazy run to, like, burn off calories and not, like, throw up your food, you know? And it's one of those things where it's, like, I think it's especially hard nowadays well, maybe not nowadays, but in present day when, you know, we're so surrounded by, like, diet culture. You know, it's like women's fitness mm-hmm. magazines are always telling you how to get lean for summer or, like, fat-burning workout. You know, I can see you rolling your eyes. <laughs> so when you dilute... That's a great message. So when you dilute with all this external stuff, it just reaffirms the internal stuff in yourself that, like, eating is bad, burning calories is good. Yeah, that's true. So to be able to fight against that and to, like remind yourself that you are worthy of like eating and recovering it's in itself it's a it's like a lot of discipline because like i can tell you that i would do these things i would eat and i would think about why i wanted to get better and stuff but it didn't necessarily make me feel good to eat it made me feel really guilty like yeah i was like 
freaking hungry and weak and I wanted to eat. But at the same time, I hated myself for doing it, you know? And it's only like... That's an uphill battle. Yeah, so it's like one of those things where it's like you may not consciously, your brain may not, may not like be able to process that, but you just have to keep reminding yourself in a way that like you are doing something good for yourself. Like doing this is actually takes more discipline than not doing it and and to like right. not giving into like all these thoughts um mm-hmm. so yeah and then the last thing that i would also say is also to remember that like everybody recovers differently um and to not compare yourself to how other people are doing how other people are i know it's very tempting especially when you're recovering to like want to peg yourself again to an external metric and sort of part of that was yeah. like for me um was a lot of like, you know, am I like, you know, that whole thing of like, am I really sick? Because when you read all these people on the internet, like write recovery blogs, they all seem to be doing fine. And I'm like so tired that like getting up from my chair even hurts. Like what's wrong with me? How come nobody else seems to be struggling like I am? Or like some people who, when they start eating again, like um, after they've had anorexia, like they can't eat because their stomach has shrunk. But for me, I was just like so freaking hungry. I wanted to eat everything. And then I would think, you know, like, what's wrong with me? Am I, like, not having a proper eating disorder? Am I not recovering properly? You know, should I be recovering like him or her or that other person? Or should I be eating as... Mm. Or should I be eating um, more or less than my healthy family member, exercising more or less than them, you know? And it's just that thing where you kind of have to remind yourself that, like, if you look at this study called the Minnesota Starvation Study, you realize that when people are starving, your brain... Um, it, your brain automatically reacts in certain ways and condition, and you automatically adapt certain behaviors to just come with a person starving, like being more fixated on your body and like the f- behaviors you have around food and the obsessive thoughts and you know the way you react to these obsessive thoughts are very much, you know, just things that your body will automatically, your brain will automatically do when you're starving. But at the same time, you know, we are individuals and our bodies are very different, so it's also important to remember that as much as there are certain traits of people who are anorexic, um, it, we are all individuals and everybody recovers differently from everybody else and everybody has like a different journey from everybody else. So comparing yourself to people, which is I think a very normal thing to do with an, having an eating disorder because again, it's all about yeah. external metrics, is just it's very unhealthy because all it's going to make you do is feel bad about yourself. Yeah, I think actually... I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I would think the personality type um, of somebody who would have an eating disorder, I feel like it is normal to like, even outside of an eating mm. disorder, it's like really normal to like want these external metrics yeah. and um, to compare yourself and like also as a ballet dancer, I feel like I do that constantly yeah. with things that really have nothing to do with ballet and then I have to like relearn it yeah. and rethink that. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, it's not useful. Like, everybody is an individual and there's no point um, it, for many different things in life. But, of course, you're saying for recovery and eating disorders, it can look vastly different for different people because everybody has something different going on with them. Yeah, and again, I mean, you know, it's hard not to just to keep to talk about it as an issue in itself. But it's like the same thing where it's like everybody has different nutritional needs everybody has different body types everybody feels their bodies in different ways you know what i mean like yeah you know you could have two people who have exactly the same height same gender same race same weight but they will look different and um 
you know, you know, how much they need to eat, how much activity they get, you know, and how much and even what kinds of foods they need to feel good are completely different. And it's because like, everybody's like, everybody is different and their bodies are different and we're all unique. Yeah. And, um, (laughs) and I know it sounds really trite to say, but, um, it's it's a process really what you can discover eating disorder recovery is it's a process of just learning to accept yourself and um mm-hmm. oh and i only know i had four points but i actually do want to say a fifth thing because i forgot but <laughs> don't recovery how do i put this recovery doesn't mean perfection which is mm-hmm. that like recovery like again it's because everybody's recovery is different so everybody's recovery will look different so for me, I would get very frustrated with myself when I consider myself recovered. I'd be like, but I'm not back to where I was before I had my ED, where I like was very intuitive of my eating. I didn't really think about my what I, I didn't really care what I ate or what time of the day or anything. You know, now I'm a little bit more regimented. You know, it's not just with food, but with other things as well. But, and you know, I have like, I still have like, you know, certain like issues with food. It's like, I don't like eating dessert after a meal because it doesn't make me as comfortable I'd rather have it like maybe at tea time or something spread out just things like that or like um I don't like I'll eat I love like you know pizza and you know burgers and things but I don't eat them as often as I used to and I'm more conscious of the fact that I would you know um if I eat them too often I feel uncomfortable so I like space out the times when I eat them and so sometimes things like that frustrate me or like the fact that I do use my exercise a lot to like uh, keep me from going anxious and to hold me accountable because um, exercise for me helps me because I know that if I nourish myself properly, like I can only exercise well if I nourish myself properly. So that helps me keep me accountable from going backwards. But sometimes I get very frustrated with myself because I'm like, I wish I was more carefree about these things. But again, it's that whole thing about recognizing that like, just because you're recovered doesn't mean that you'll be perfect. You know, you're not going to have a perfect relationship with food. Nothing is going to be carefree and everything. And I think that's the thing. It's like, it's fine because everybody has coping mechanisms in different ways. You know, like, um, for example, there are guys who just like really want to look super fit and lean. And so they have like keto diets and stuff and nobody judges them and says, you have weird eating habits. So why would you judge yourself and say like, oh, I'm very aware that I'm not I'm eating this or I'm not eating this because I have this hang up. You know what I mean? And it's mm-hmm. it's sort of the thing that realizes that realizing that nobody has a perfect relationship with food or a perfect relationship with their body or a perfect relationship with themselves. And just because you're recovered doesn't mean yeah. that we won't need coping mechanisms to get through life and to be okay with that. Because the main thing is that um, it's about making sure that you are mentally and physically healthy. So, you know, I may have these coping mechanisms, but I've also learned to, you know, to temper them when they get out of hand um, so that they don't become too unhealthy and I have family members to hold me accountable to that and you know for me you know that's the best I can do and I just have to accept that you know this is who I am this is what I am like now and that's kind of okay yeah yeah that's like a constant um thing to work on I think even after maybe you feel like you know you said that it took you years to recover yeah until you felt like um, you were in a healthier place. But, I mean, at the same time, you still, to this day, feel like there are certain things that 
are different. Yeah. Like what you're saying. So I think, yeah, um, recovery, I think, sounds like a very... It's complicated and it's going to be different for each person. So I guess that's a whole other part of learning to accept yourself, isn't it? Yeah, and I think so. And I think it's almost like because you've gone through anything disorder, you're hyper aware of the hangups you have. But sort of realizing mm. that like some of it is all in your in your mind. You know what I mean? Um, that you don't have to feel bad. Like, if you're, you don't have to feel bad for feeling bad, you know what I mean? You don't have to beat yourself up for yeah. these things because, like I said, everybody has certain hang-ups and coping mechanisms. And, like, that's just part of being human. Like, you know, um, people who are perfectly, who never had an experience of disorder, eating or these eating disorders, have bad body image days, you know? Or they might, you know, still struggle with food sometimes, you know? like what they eat and yeah. how they eat they might still struggle with like normal like people who've never had in this order still struggle with food guilt you know what i mean yeah i mean all of that is super true so i think it's it's a big part and like i think like i said what eating disorder recovery is self-acceptance and it's just learning to accept that you have these certain things about yourself it doesn't mean that you're a bad person it doesn't mean that you know you're not recovered you know because at the end of the day if you just keep working on like you said, this is beyond just the immediate issue of eating disorder recovery, but it's just if you keep working on learning to like accept yourself and learning to be take care of yourself and be mentally and physically healthy and cope with the things that um, you know you deal with when you go through life. I think that's kind of I wouldn't say the goal, but you know that's really what it is about. That's true. That that reminds me of one of the books I've read um, about how it's more about the journey and like setting yourself up well than it is about accomplishing a certain uh mark yeah you know like i am recovered you know yeah and i mean like the can it's more about setting yourself up well yeah i think for me like i said i've recovered so many times and i'll be like i'll hit this other milestone i'll hit this other milestone so it's not about like i'm recovered tying a bowl so for me the milestones for me actually just affirm to me that i am sort of getting better even though there are times mm. we, you know, when um, we slip a bit, but it's like that whole thing where like recovery is not like a. My dad would say this: recovery or even mental health or life is not like a straight line where you all go up. It's like a curve where there's like peaks yeah. and troughs. But overall, the trend is going upwards. But it doesn't mean that we don't have exactly. times where we dip. Yeah. Exactly. And that's like exactly like what I was reading about like habits in general. I mean, I think that that's life. It's more about like putting, um, having more times that you did something and you were present and you did it yeah. than times where maybe you fell back. And that's okay. Just as long as the trend continues forward. Yeah. I mean, even say when I was just talking about earlier, you know, I've had like saying that, you know, I've had a rough week with a couple of like, crying fits and anxiety attacks and breakdowns and stuff but again it's like this is the peak this is like the 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 trial but i think part of mental health recovery is for me realizing that like and my therapist had to point this out to me like a couple of months ago is that you know i bounce back from them a lot faster than i would have like three or four years ago you know she was saying to me like i'm having a hard time now but you know, she's saying that, like, if this happened to you a couple of years ago, I don't think you'd be able to cope. And I was like, yeah, that's probably true. And so, like, you know, beyond just, you know, talking about eating disorders, but talking about mental health in general and life in general, you know, that's the thing. It's 
it's it's slow going progress, but ultimately, like mm. it's the whole thing where if you just keep going and just sort of learn to be kind to yourself, you know, eventually, you know, your lows, you you will have the lows, but you give yourself enough to be able to bounce back. I guess, even though let's face it, the yeah, low keep showing up for yourself. Yeah, even though let's face it, I fully see the lows are not fun. <laughs> no yeah yeah definitely uh so yeah i think that's what i have to say about recovery and i hope that um somebody found it useful i'm sure i found that really interesting yeah um and i mean the one the other thing i want to say though and you know before we get on to questions is that like when i talk about it i make it sound because i'm out of it now i make it sound like oh it's easy and it's fun and it's like i'm talking about it very calmly and you know everything but (laughs) you know i'm that doesn't mean that I want to discount the fact that it wasn't like an enormous struggle and it wasn't very difficult and I wasn't you know like I said like um it's I think it's that thing when you have distance between it because once we recorded the episode last week I started thinking about it and then I was like remembering like oh yeah I remember like how I felt and it was just pretty horrible and it's just one of those things you don't think right. about that much so, you know, I just want to say that even though I can talk about it like this and maybe talk about recovery and like a neat 20-minute thing, it doesn't mean that I do. it wasn't yeah. hard and it wasn't difficult um, and it didn't take, you know, an incredible amount of strength. So if you are on the path to re- recovery, if you're taking the first steps towards it or if you're in the process of recovery, you know, um, all I want to say is that, like, I know it's very difficult, but trust me, it will be worth it in the end. Trust me. I can say that now as somebody who had, like, hamburger for dinner last night. It's worth it. Just for that hamburger alone. Just for that hamburger but alone. I think, <laughs> but I think that that's important that you say that because, um, yeah, it, it, it's true. I, I mean, not like we need to compare um, situations, mm. but, like, I also have felt the same as well. Like, wh- when I talk about anxiety, yeah, yeah. I'm able to just, like, compartmentalize it into something that's so simple and, like, yeah, you know. But, oh my gosh, no, when you're in it, though, it's much harder than that. Oh, yeah, for sure. So, when you talk about it later, it's definitely really different. And I think also, like, there's a lot of it that I just push down and I just don't really want to think about. So, <laughs> there, there's also that. I think I'm purposefully forgetting things. Do, do, so. do we need to explore this? Do we need to talk about anxiety? I'll, like, I'll share experiences with anxiety at some point. I think so, probably. Um but you might have to like uh hypnotize me to make me remember all my past oh god no i don't i don't think that like we all want to like i think you you mentioned this like in the first episode like previously that you know we all try not to remember our traumas because it's not fun to revisit you know what i mean especially the further away you get from them like i don't want to revisit like the worst parts of like my depression or anything disorder like you know it's not fun but maybe anxiety episode will just be two of us staring at each other having panic attacks at the screen. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, just like sweating profusely. <laughs> no thanks, I'm good. So do you want to get to some of the questions that people have asked us? Yeah, so there were some really good ones. Um, I liked uh, what you guys brought up. And this one's about eating disorders. Okay. Uh, they said that for a long time they felt like they didn't deserve or that they did deserve their eating disorder because of how they looked post-puberty which i think is like a really hard thing because your body changes so much um 
at that point. And I don't know. I mean, of course, you had your situation yeah. much later mm. than puberty. Mm. I mean, I'm assuming that this is within a valley context yeah. that definitely, you know, you've brought it up before. Um, I mean, it's true also in, like, the fashion industry that there's, like, this preference for, like, a prepubescent yeah. almost body type. Yeah. And so then it's really hard, and I've seen this so much for people who are going through that period of time, to be able to accept there's those body changes mm. into becoming a woman mm. because that is what you're becoming, and that is natural. Yeah. Um, but how to deal with, like... Um, you know, I, I kind of understand that whole thing of saying that, like, you deserve to have an ED, and, like you know maybe not I can understand the point the part where you say you deserve to have an eating disorder it's that thing where you just like you dislike yourself so much that you feel like you deserve to be miserable you know and so you and and it's easy and you know you, you put it into like body image or like how your body is looking because that's like the thing that you can see which again like for me like it was like numbers in the scale and things like that so I can understand that whole feeling of like feeling like you don't just it's that thing where I've you know, from my experience, is a thing where you just don't feel like you deserve to be happy, um, mm. because there's this part of yourself that you don't like that, um, you know, goes beyond just what you look like. And I think that's the first thing that's important to acknowledge is the fact that this is, as much as you think about the fact that you put it into because my body is changing, it's a lot more than just that. You know, it's something. It's 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 a psychological thing with like how and I don't want to play armchair critic. I'm just armchair as like psychologist just from my experience. It's like a deep seated thing within yourself where some reason you just feel like you don't deserve to be happy. But um, I think you know the first thing I would say to that is like yes, you do deserve to be happy. You know, you do deserve to accept yourself. And you know, we did talk about this before. Like your body can do amazing things if you treat it well and so Mm -hmm. you deserve to treat it well because first you deserve to you know be able to if you're a dancer you you deserve to be able to dance the best you can to enjoy your dancing to enjoy your life and part and a big part of that is you know um, remembering that you deserve to like love your body and nourish it and to be kind to yourself Um, and if that's something that you're struggling with again you know I think we'll come back we'll probably say this a couple of times but like you know get help like reach out to your reach out to a parent reach out to like a therapist and just you know get the help you need because it doesn't hurt to get help but yeah I think it's the same Mm. thing that we were talking about like lots of um interestingly like um when we were recording this on today the day that we were recording this I'm putting out a podcast for CNV with um Maranella Nunes and she did talk about the fact that I can see your face. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Just oh, a little. I'm so excited. Okay. I'm, I can't wait. I'm going to say the link. I can't wait for you to listen to it. Um, oh, I definitely am going to But, I mean, she also awesome. did mention the fact that, like, you know, when she went through puberty, that was something she struggled with as well. And then it was that thing mm-hmm. of her realizing, and, you know, people told her, you know, it's normal for your body to change during puberty. Once puberty is over, your body will go back to the place you wanted it to. Um and I think, I mean, and that's the thing, it's just being patient and learning to, again, come back to the thing, trust yourself and trust your body, you know, mm. because, like, yeah, 
as a thing you have to remember that like puberty is a really healthy thing to happen because it means that your body's functioning properly it means that if you don't yep. have puberty you're at risk of so many things like reproductive problems hormone problems you know uh bone density problems you're going to be more prone to injury you know you you, you know it's so it's like puberty your body no, makes that's it, natural yeah puberty is actually a reminder to yourself that your that your body is in a healthy place and it's a good thing for your body because if we're talking specifically about dance it's a good thing for your dance because it means that your bones are healthy it means that your body's functioning the way it is to help you perform and you know, that's true and so you know i think you know we did talk about in the previous episode the idea of like focusing on performance so focus on that instead mm-hmm. instead of focusing on like the changes your body is going through and i know that they're uncomfortable and a lot of that like we said is because of the certain stereotypes that ballet perpetuates but like trust me um you deserve your body you'll be fine you know you go through puberty your body will change you get taller you get curvier it's not a bad thing if even if you have curves curves oh. are great you know curves are great even body fat is there to keep you give you boobs first of all give you shape and protect your organs mm. and trust me yeah everybody has post puberty glow up it may take a while <laughs> it might be years later it, but it, it took many years it took years for me to go through that post puberty glow, glow up but trust me if i show the pictures of myself when i was a teenager <laughs> <laughs> you know how there was like that Facebook 10-year challenge of people posted pictures of them 10 years ago and like yeah 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 like literally everybody i know whether or not they were like a dancer or just like you know somebody working in like a non-athletic field or somebody who didn't even work out that much or you know just who was sitting in a desk or whatever everybody looked better 10 years later you know, I I agree with that, and yet at the same time, I feel like I don't know what these kids are like doing nowadays. But I don't know. Like sometimes I see these photos. Um, have you seen them? They're like memes that are like fourteen-year-old me, you know, uh-huh. back in the day, and then fourteen-year-olds today, <laughs> and it's like some girl like with the perfect airbrushed makeup, and you're like, what the heck? Like I looked like a mess. I was wearing Aeropostale shirts and like some green eyeliner and like crimping my hair and i i didn't even get to makeup at 14 i was wearing like the glasses like the round glasses and i had this bad haircut and i had like really oversized school uniform clothes because my mom would always buy like um our school uniforms like a couple of sizes too big so we could grow into them so So she didn't have to buy it was it was not pretty (laughs) oh my god well that's smart on your mom honestly like (laughs) kids grow fast you just forget it you will grow into it yeah so i mean (laughs) it's hard to say don't worry about it because i don't want to sound dismissive of it but i i will say just just like just be patient just to hang in there and just and just recognize that this is a, a normal and very healthy thing for you to go through yeah yeah and like i said again talk to people and get help um, the next question, which I actually want you to answer, is this one that says, mm-hmm. is it okay for a company or school to tell you that they don't want you because of your body or, you know, your body changes? Well, I think both of us want to start the beginning answering this question that, like, no, we don't think it's okay. Yeah, hell no. That they do that. Like, it's not okay. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately, like, the world is unfair and um, they do do stuff like that. So my honest and true answer to this is that... Like the practical answer, um, yes. 
like the practical answer, you know, because I can't change everybody. But the practical answer is that I think it's for the best that you know where they stand and that you know that that's how they judge people um, and that that's what they care about from the get-go because then you can get out of it rather than tormenting yourself then um, because they're not going to accept you. They don't tell it to your face. They're going to say it anyway in small ways, won't they? And like that's horrible to have to be put into this environment um, where somebody's not actually accepting of who you are. So I don't know from... Like, again, I don't think it's okay that they're going to judge you that way. But at the same time, I feel like it's better when sometimes people are up front and then you just know to avoid that situation and get out. Like, I don't need to be there. It won't help me um, love myself. It won't help me grow because I'm just going to be stunted by the fact that these people don't accept me. Yeah. um, Fully. They want something else from me. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, and I think... The thing, the other thing I would like to add is that, like, as much as, you know, we say, like, like you said, you, you know, we wish there were certain things about the ballet industry that would change regarding, you know, size and, 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 um, body, you know, body types and size and, you know, race Mm -hmm. and all these kinds of things. But at the same time, um, you know, like you said, you can't change what other people think at that moment, but you can get yourself out of the environment and I think that's why we're speaking up because we want things to change and we're going to put our voices forward to say the things that you know to keep pushing for change but at the same time I also recognize the fact that it can genuinely be very hurtful and even traumatic or triggering to hear you know your teacher or somebody just tell you I think you are too big to be in this school or to be in this company and I just want you to know that you know that person like doesn't have a right to make you feel bad and they shouldn't be saying that and you need to know that what they're saying is not acceptable um and you know if it's a school you know talk to your parent about it you know and tell them that this is what people are telling you because they need to know and um especially if you're you know as much as we all like to be like strong independent people um it's not, it's never a bad thing to have support and have people on our side and that's what your parents are there to do especially they're there to if you know if you're a student your parents are there to look out for you and to protect you so you know yeah. if something like that is happening tell your parent tell your parents because they need to talk to the school and let them know it's not acceptable and you know you need also to hear from the people that care about you that this is not true that you know you do not have the wrong body your body is not bad you know if you hear something like that horrible from somebody you know it's that thing where like you can get 10 you can hear 10 good things but that one bad thing can affect you especially if it's something that you care about yeah so if that happens to you surround yourself with as many people who will be honest with you and who will be real with you and who support you and affirm you and who will protect you if need be because you know i can but- yeah i can understand how something like that can really affect the person make them feel bad um and yeah i mean that's true that is really traumatic i don't think schools should be having conversations with people about their weight or like companies yeah i really don't agree that schools can be telling children like if you're underage i really cannot agree that they think that they have a right to interfere in your health and from an external standpoint yeah i mean like who? unless like you're really concerned about a student's health like I said it's that thing maybe you know a student is 
um, and, and I don't think it applies in this case of the person, but like, you know, if a student's just like not motivated, so they're not actually going for class, not really doing much in class, they're not like taking care of their bodies, you know, whether it's getting enough rest or, you know, like uh, having a, a very unbalanced diet and the school wants to be cons- is concerned about that aspect of like wanting a student to be healthy, then I can understand that having that conversation. But at the same time, I think you would agree with me that there has that conversation does take place in the appropriate forum with like a parent and like a qualified like nutritionist there or like, you know, mm-hmm. and to approach it not from a place of you are too big or you need to lose weight, but like, you know, these are, we're concerned about maybe your motivation or we're concerned that you um, are nutritionally not, you know, uh, maybe nutritionally there are some changes that you could make which we think would um, result in like positive things for your dancing or your performance. And I think, I feel like that should be the approach to be taken. Yeah, I agree. That's a more productive conversation. But yeah, I don't think that that um, was necessarily the stance of the question but i still think that that's a good thing to say yeah i mean i feel like that's that's out. the only time that like something like that could be appropriate but again the focus shouldn't be on weight the focus shouldn't be on weight it shouldn't be like an external appearance yeah of weight no, no it, it's if it, it, there's like a behavioral issue that you know could be improved on that it's a different thing altogether right. but again like i like we said the conversations need to happen you know in appropriate setting with like qualified people present and like an adult person yeah because yeah. you're gonna ambush agree if you're gonna ambush a kid or even in like a company i feel like if anybody should be having discussions it should be like a nutritionist having the discussion with a dancer not like a company director calling them in and be like hi i mean it's just like an external opinion but yeah i mean like i said at the same time i think it's better that they just in a company setting particularly i think it's just better to know where they stand and then all right well i don't need to work for you then bye girl bye bye i mean that's easier said than done like i've mentioned in the past um but yeah um let's see um then there's one question how do you balance eating healthier eating healthier to improve health and loving your body for what it is Mm. i think we've kind of talked about this a little bit um in the sense that like i would say to recognize the fact that I I think I've mentioned this is to recognize the fact that you know your body can do amazing things and if you want your body to perform the the if you want your body to perform in the way you want it to in the best way possible is to recognize that that involves like fueling yourself properly and some of that Mm. does involve say you know having a balanced diet so like making sure you're getting your carbs your protein your fats your 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 fiber and you know your nutrients and so some of that may involve like you know making sure to get your veggies in and things like that but some of that also involves making sure that you're getting enough food and making sure that you're getting you know and to treat food as not something that to be afraid of but something that is nourishing and to be enjoyed as well because you know like we did say that mental health is important and part of that involves deriving enjoyment out of life including food yeah um actually what you mentioned um previously about knowing someone that said that they wanted to focus more on the quality of their food yeah um, I feel like that really applies. I mean, for me, it's like I am not somebody who restricts what I eat, but I do think about like the quality of the food that I'm eating because um, as a professional dancer or not, mm. yeah, fueling your body is a part of the job mm. to be able to 
give yourself the proper nutrition. Um, I feel like it is a part of what I do. Like, that's the thing with dancing is that you don't get to, like, just go, like, professionally or even pre-professionally. You don't get to just go home and then, like, leave it. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's not like, okay, I finished answering the emails and I did the thing. Okay, I click off. Now I go home. Yeah. Like, it's not like that. Um, Your body is your instrument. Yeah. So it is hard because you don't want to get into like a disordered eating situation Mm. where you're like overly restricting yourself because at first you say, oh, I should do this because that's healthier and then it kind of is snowballing like that's not good. But I think if you could focus maybe on like the quality of the food that you're eating in a healthy sort of way, but also um, still acknowledging that like sometimes you just want to go eat a burger or like have a pizza um and that's not necessarily like what they say on the nutritionist table that like oh yeah that's like good for your energy or whatever it is but like sometimes your health like your happiness is a part of your health right yeah i think you've mentioned yeah that i mean like honestly i think that you know Again, as much as I still struggle sometimes with food guilt and stuff, I also try to remind myself that, like, things like that are part of, like, a healthy diet, not just in terms of, like, what they do for your mental health. But, like, say we're talking about a burger, you know, it's got carbs, Mm. it's got iron and protein. It's got, like, if you put cheese, it's got calcium. You put, like, veggie on it, that's some fiber and there's nutrition from there. So it's not like it's... Yeah. It's it's not... Empty. It's not like it's... You know, that I, yeah, like, I don't really think there's anything, I don't personally, like, believe that there's such thing as, like, empty calories. I think all food has nutritional value. Some food is yeah. more nutritious than others. It's like that right. thing, like, yeah, like, I can imagine, like, if I was going to perform or if I was going to do class, I wouldn't have a burger beforehand. But it's mostly because I think right. it wouldn't sit, and I think maybe you'd agree with me, and it's like, it would just sit really heavy in the body. Exactly. But I can recognize yeah. how, like, having a burger will give me some nutrition value and some fuel. And so... That's, like, what I eat the night before. Yeah, right? Or, like, maybe Like, after, literally. Yeah. Like, if I'm tired. Yeah, or after. Yeah. It's, like, if I feel like I've been tired lately, mm. sometimes it's good for me to, like, go eat a burger before something big or also after so I recover better. Yeah. All because, yeah, I mean, it's... Maybe not the obvious thing, but actually, yeah, it does It does help you with the protein and the carbs and all these things. Yeah, and I mean, like, I'm, I think this is like, this would probably be getting into a whole nother discussion about, like, what to eat and stuff like that. But like you said, quality of a quantity, maybe you choose, like, a higher quality, like a burger that you know is, like, you know, has higher quality ingredients, so there's more nutritional value. Right. But I mean, at the same time, I mean... Once in a while, I don't think a fast food burger would kill you, especially if, like, if, like, I know that we're, you know, especially, like, if you just need the quick energy for some reason. Like, there's nothing else, you know, you, sometimes, and maybe sometimes it's a craving. and It's always better to eat. Yeah. Or maybe it's a craving, and once in a while, like, honoring these cravings are good because then, like, it means that you won't be thinking about it all the time. But, yeah, like, you know, say you've got a class or you've got rehearsal and, like, you just need something quick and the easiest thing to do is to, you know, go to the snack machine, get a candy bar, or, like, maybe run the fast food restaurants thing, so you gotta go and get a quick burger, because you know it's gonna fill your, it's, it's, it's the thing that's gonna give you energy really quickly, you don't have time to queue, or, like, find something else, you know. Yeah, it's not, like, it's necessarily a bad thing. No. You know, that was kind of, like, what I meant was that, you know, I guess we're supposed to think that, like, you have to eat a salad or whatever, and then that's nutritious, but that's not really true at all. Um, 
actually a lot of the time like I wouldn't eat a salad just a salad because like I don't feel like that's giving me enough as an athlete no I I, unless we put lots of stuff into it, again, I feel like we're getting into a whole other discussion about, like, the food we like, but yeah, it's got to have, like, a bunch of stuff Yeah, in it. I know. I feel like we're getting, like, a whole other discussion, but it's true. Like, yeah, you have to add, like, so much other stuff to it. If I'm just eating lettuce, like, I don't really know what that's doing for me. <laughs> Nothing, really. Yeah, so, I mean, back to the question, <laughs> which is... <laughs> um, yeah, recognizing that, you know, improving health doesn't mean, like, eating super clean or eating super low-calorie or anything. It means fueling your body in the way that mm-hmm. will help you feel best about yourself. And, like, ex- again, I think we're coming back, we come back to the thing of, like, recognizing that everybody's bodies are different. And, you know, you gotta, you know, loving your body for what it is involves accepting the fact that it needs that fuel and that it's going to need different fuel from what other people need and like you know Mm -hmm. everything in moderation yeah i mean we can do grunge well i can't do a proper grunge i think but like doing grunge is pretty cool and your body gets to do that and if you treat it right you'll be able to you know do bigger grunge do it for longer um so the question is how do i deal with both social media and ballet's pressure to be thin and small you want to start with that one yeah sure i mean i think that we have kind of like hit on that a little bit in previous episodes um but to address it specifically i think my honest answer again is um that you know social media is like for ballet Mm. is like any other form of social media um it's something that people like put for the most part, they put some thought into it. Yeah. They plan it. Um, and I was actually, before we started recording, I was telling Lee Min that, like, I got sent photos yesterday from a performance. And I was like, these are gross. Like, please don't post these. <laughs> you choose what you post. Um, it's not like people are always putting up the worst possible things. Sometimes the worst possible things do get posted by accident or on purpose. But um, it is not something that is just showing, like, what I look like after I eat lunch and I put a leotard back on. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, I mean, like, no one's no one's posting that. Except for, I think I did see, like, once someone made a joke about it. Um, so I would say, like, you need to, like, take social media with a grain of salt, especially with ballet, because... I mean, I've definitely seen people are using filters, people are editing their photos, oh, <laughs> and then like, some people... Yeah, it's like the thing, right, where, like, you, you get the... Make sure you get, like, the right angle to make yourself look as good as possible, like, you twist your body in of some course. way, or even, like, a video of somebody doing 10 pirouettes. You don't know how many takes it is before they got that, you know what I mean? No, yeah, exactly. Like, you're not seeing them on the bad day or, you know, whatever. Like, of course, um, besides, you know when we choose to share a real moment, a lot of the time things are, like, positioned in a perfect way. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to post myself at the most unflattering angle and then act like it's not, you know? So I think if you are looking at professionals or otherwise on social media, take it with a grain of salt because it's not, like, them all the time <laughs> yeah and i mean i did mention that like sometimes i do talk about like mental health stuff with cmv because i feel that's very important but 
you know, even though I share vulnerable moments sometimes, I'm not sharing every single moment I'm having a breakdown because like, I don't, first, I don't think that's productive. <laughs> but second, it's also like, because, you know, it's, it's that thing where people also put their best foot forward to protect themselves because like, yeah. you know, you, you don't necessarily want to be putting every bit of your life out there and being completely vulnerable on social media, you know? So, no, um, that's natural. So, yeah, like again, I think it's a thing where you just have to recognize the fact that, you know, um, people could be posting amazing pictures of themselves when they're having a bad day. Sometimes they do it when they're having a good day, but sometimes they do it when they're having a bad day as well. So, yeah, sometimes you want to feel good. Yeah. Um, or sometimes find that old photo of yourself that looks good. Oh, like some people just like, oh, you know, feel like I gotta get that. And again, this is, I am, you know, people want to build their brands and that's fine but it's like that whole thing where it's like sometimes you're feeling bad but you're like i gotta put up that content because i haven't done it in like a while or whatever i want to share something and so you, you put up the nice picture and it's also because maybe you just don't feel like talking about your bad day yeah and and i mean if we're talking about the context of being thin as well yeah. um because they did specifically say the ballet pressure to be thin yeah. um I mean, I don't even know how to address that, like, specifically because, yeah, I mean, I don't know. A lot of professional dancers, that is the body type that mm. um, is prevalent because that is what is preferred. But also, um, as an athlete, like, with anything, um, there are different body types, but they kind of are all as compact as possible yeah. to be um fitting into like the best performance yeah i don't know if that's true but that's like i don't know if you think about like a swimmer or whatever they're not supposed to have super long legs but they're supposed to have a longer torso and like you know and then that helps them be in the water yeah i mean i don't know if i feel like that i mean we've talked about this but i don't feel like that's you know there's one way or the highway with ballet but um, especially because dance is an art it's not about like the number of turns you do or like the fastest chinese or whatever so in that sense you know te- <laughs> we've ar- we talked about this there's no like one body type that makes you the best at doing ballet but there is a preference in the industry for a certain body type and i think that's the thing to just keep mm-hmm. in mind that the industry has the standard but it's not necessarily uh, a healthy thing to have this you know, and it's something that maybe needs to change. Yeah, not for everybody. Yeah, so recognizing the fact that, yes, you know, maybe lots of people look, professional dancers look very, very thin, but you also remember that that's because of a certain standards that's not very healthy. And so, again, it's keeping in mind what is healthy for yourself and remembering mm-hmm. that, you know, other people struggle with things too, like body image and disordered eating and mental health issues behind the pictures of them looking very perfect and athletic and lean or whatever. Um, and I think, you know, we were talking about this earlier, like if something doesn't make you feel good, just unfollow it or block it. Just like have less things around you that make you feel bad. Yeah. There's really no reason for that. Like follow a Corgi account. I, yeah, I follow so many like dog mem accounts and puppy accounts on my private Instagram because it's like, that's the stuff I want to be, that's the stuff that I want to see my social media that makes me feel good. Even with like the CMV Instagram, like if I feel like you know, there's certain things I'm not comfortable seeing or certain accounts I'm not comfortable following for whatever reason, I don't follow them because, you know, it's stuff I'm going to be seeing on my feed. You know what I mean? And 
Yeah, I don't know. You don't need to torture yourself into, like, set standards compared to people on social media where they're only sharing. Yeah. Like, not only, like we keep saying, but mostly sharing their best. Yeah, and again, it's not just on social media when they're talking about, you know, ballet standard for for that, you know, even in class Mm -hmm. or when you're watching a performance or whatever. I think it's just sort of keeping that in mind that, you know, um, again, everybody's different. Um, There are certain standards in the ballet industry which you know, are not necessarily the healthiest thing. Um, and just remember to focus again on being the healthiest you can be for yourself. Hmm. Yeah. And just focusing on like what makes you feel good and what you can do for yourself, how you can be a good, you know, if, if it dancing is important for you, how you can be like the best dancer you can possibly be in a healthy, in a way, you know, and part of that is, of course, being mentally and physically healthy and just focusing on that instead of instead of looking at what everybody else is doing because, you know, it's I think you can't control what any, you can't change what every, anybody else is doing and I know eating disorders are like a whole control thing um, of like, that means I want to control everything I can do to be healthy but again, it's recognizing that part of the, part of that, the good using that control in a good way is to do it in a way that defines health not just as weight or defines like performance not just as numbers and if you think about exerting control to help you in that way like I'm gonna uh, control what I see on Instagram to help me feel good I'm going to like make conscious decisions and controlling what I eat that helps me feel good which doesn't necessarily mean restricting but fueling myself I'm going to control the way I do class to help me be mindful I'm going to control how I exercise and what I exercise to make sure that I'm performing well but also getting enough rest and recovering and foam rolling and doing all these things you know Hmm. exerting control in that way to in a healthy way and channeling that in a healthy way I think is like maybe something that would be helpful but I think ultimately it's just, you know, recognizing that, you know, it's it's, it's not about what other people look like because you can't change that. It's about, like, how you feel and how you can perform and, you know, to the best of your ability. I agree with that. And, you know, I feel like um, how we've answered this question is very similar to, answer, to answering another question, which was um, dealing with uh trying to gain weight while seemingly everyone around you is doing the opposite and i'm assuming that they are talking about recovering from an eating disorder or maybe needing to gain weight for like health reasons or something or whatever but i mean i guess i mean i guess i could almost hear it like how i used to be (laughs) as well when i was like really tiny and like growing yeah like I was so short yeah I was really short and really skinny and then um I don't know like I was growing but then not really gaining weight yeah and um wasn't really seen as a positive thing because it it seemed very extreme but it wasn't like purposeful yeah um that's just what my body decided to do yeah um (laughs) and I guess I don't know like if it is in that context then I would just what I would have wanted to tell myself when I was little was that, like, I don't need to prove anything to anybody. And actually, your body will work itself out. Like, there's no reason to put on a performance of, like, look, I eat so much because all it did was give me a bunch of anxiety about eating in front of people because I didn't want to be judged. Yeah. 
Um, like when I was little, I was a really picky eater, like a little kid. Yeah. I was a super picky eater. I don't even know how long that like extended into. Yeah. Maybe it kind of was a part of that time as well. So then I just felt like a bunch of guilt if I was still being picky about what I ate yeah. because it wasn't anything to do with wanting to like be a certain body image. Yeah. Like honestly, at that age, I just yeah. could not care less. Yeah. <laughs> um, so if it is in that context, I would just say to the person that like, you can just continue to be you as a human and it will work out. Um, your body will sort itself out. But don't, like, feel like you need to care about what others are seeing and, like, what they think that you're doing. Um, don't feel like you need to perform for other people. Yeah. And just try not to be too harsh on yourself. Yeah, I mean, even that's the same thing, too, of, like, eating this, eating, say, ED recovery as well. Like, when I was recovering, like... I was just hungry all the time and it was so scary because I was like oh my god I'm eating so much and am I going to be able to stop mm. eating you know and I think that was the, the, the fearful thing it's like I'm eating so much now and it's because your body craves food. then you're so afraid like I have to control it because I I don't know like when this will stop I don't know when my body will like will I just keep eating mm. until I balloon up but the thing is that like once you feel your body enough and once your body knows I'm getting the nutrition I need I'm getting sated then like it will stop and it will like tell you, okay, mm. you know your the, your body will know I'm healthier now, I'm okay now, you know. Mm. And then like the the hunger will stop or like, you know things like that. And you know if you're needing to gain weight to be healthy for whatever reason, you know that's the thing again. Like we talked about, you focus on it's like list like learning to trust your body, like you said, listening to your body, listening to, you know what it needs and honoring that and fueling it properly because. I think, you know, we keep coming back to this. Ultimately, like, health is the most important thing. And if you want to perform well as a dancer, whether you're doing it for fun or whether you want to do it professionally, you got to make sure that you're healthy and you'll make sure you're fueling yourself right. You know, I'm guessing that if you're, especially if you're in disorder recovery, you're probably working with, like, um, a doctor or nutritionist or whatever. But if you're not and, you're, you know, that's something I would encourage, just work with, like, a nutritionist. Um, find one who you feel... Yeah. you know um understands like what you need and what you're going through because like i said you know the, the thing with medical professionals is that different ones can work for different people if you get a doc some a nutritionist maybe not uh versed in like disordered eating or even if they are you don't feel like their approach is helping you you know maybe look for somebody else mm -hmm. but it doesn't you know just find somebody who can help you along your journey and if any and like help you work out you know what foods you should you you may be needing to eat to help you feel more comfortable to help you feel healthy to help you feel comfortable and also i think it what it does i mean what it did for me was just it was helpful to have like the reassurance of like a professional for me to know that they were watching over me and that they were you know um you know keeping it keeping you know like you know um making sure that you know what i was doing something that was good for myself because then i knew okay that there are people who will let me know that i'm on the right track when i you know when i can't trust myself because maybe you see everybody else around you is like you're the only one gaining weight and you're the only one having to but if you have somebody else there who's like reminding you no you're on the right track no you're doing a good thing and i know this because i'm medically qualified to tell you this i think it can be like helpful and reassuring yeah, that makes that makes a lot of sense. And I think that that's also true um, about seeking out a nutritionist, even if it isn't about um, recovery, but it is um, just like what I was saying. Maybe you just feel like you need to gain weight for whatever other reason. But I think 
anytime that you feel like you maybe need to um, better your eating habits, I think, you know, it's good to seek out a professional. To improve your relationship with food and your body yeah, yeah to improve your relationship with food yeah I think it, it it can't hurt I mean there's so many resources now I mean I know it's like effort to like try to find people and then just because you find one person like you said that yeah. you had talked to somebody before and they weren't very helpful yeah. and then you had to go find someone else yeah. you know I know that that's a lot of effort but the thing is is that your health is very important so um I would say if you are concerned about it for whatever reason that it can't hurt to seek out a professional. Yeah. But I think ultimately, you know, when we're answering these questions, I think the overarching thing that we just want people to remember is that we said it and we'll say it again, you know, you are important, you are worthy, you deserve to take care of yourself, you deserve to eat, you deserve to nourish yourself, you deserve to be whole, you deserve to be healthy. And um, everybody's body is different and um, just just recognize the fact that you know it's not about how you look it's not about how much you weigh it's not even about how many turns you can do or anything it's just about Mm -hmm. you being um you know as happy and healthy as you possibly can be and that and you know that doesn't mean being happy 100 percent of the time because that's not possible but it's just about learning how to but happiness i think is a journey and it's about learning how to like take care of yourself and be kind to yourself that's definitely our message yeah the overall message um, and if you want, you can play that back and you can yourself. <laughs> Just write it to yourself. Like, we don't need to yeah. say it for you. You can say it to yourself, man. I love that. Actually, when I've been taking yoga lately, um, I mean, less so now that I'm back at work, but when I was taking yoga during quarantine and like, I, I did a lot of yoga with Adrian. She's like really prevalent on YouTube. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen her, but, um, like there's this one part because I, I use the same ones sometimes because yeah. I prefer certain yeah, yeah. Uh, practices. And one of them is like, you know, you push up into a plank and now whisper to yourself, I am strong. <laughs> and she doesn't do that very often, thank God, because I always am like so self-conscious. It's like me alone in my living room. Where, like, like, I am strong. I am strong. But like, I still find it so weird. Like, I am strong. <laughs> Like, I don't know how to say these things out loud to myself. But I do know that affirmations are supposed to be good. Yeah, I mean, how do I put this? Like, they're not, they don't make you feel good in the moment. I will say that. Uh They don't make you feel good in the moment when you're like, you know, when I'm having a breakdown, whether it was like 10 years ago, whatever it is now, you know, you don't feel good affirming yourself in the moment. But then you can, (laughs) but then, you know, it's like, it's like the thing. You sort of recognize that fact that like, say, I wouldn't be able to tell myself four years ago that, hey, I'm bouncing back from stuff quicker than I was you know and it's Mm-mm. you know I wouldn't be able to give myself that affirmation but it's like one of the things where it's like if you keep trying to like see the good in yourself and see the positive things about yourself even when you're going through your low moments you know whether whether it's eating mm. whether it's just eating disorder or when you're dealing with anxiety or depression or you know um you know there are lots of different mental health problems that we're not qualified to talk about because we don't have experience with but you know if yeah. you know if you learn to like accept yourself for who you are and also just you know learn to s- recognize that whatever you're going through you're still like a pretty awesome person and you're still pretty incredible i think that's sort of really helpful like sometimes i just think wow my my heart pumps blood to 
different parts of my body and <laughs> I'm not even thinking about it. It's like subconscious. Like, I don't know. That's pretty crazy. It's pretty cool, isn't it? How does my body hold itself together? <laughs> I think yeah. I think you wonder that, especially when you're a professional dancer and you're all broken up. I'm not a professional dancer, but like, you know, with the exercise, I'm like, how am I not, how is my body not broken yet? And you're like, my body's pretty cool. <laughs> I know, I know. Yeah, like sometimes I'm just like standing around and I'm like, wow, look at my body go. And then in addition to that, I'm trying to like remember choreography and like do it and then do it better and then I don't know how you do it. Perform and I don't no, know. I don't do know it. either. Like if I overthink it, I actually can't. Like I'm like, what is ballet? I forget. B plus? What is B plus? What even is what even is this Guadalajara <laughs> combination? What? No. Cannot cannot ballet. Especially after quarantine. Oh my god. If any of you guys are like starting to come back like into the studio and you feel like you're extra stupid, don't worry. Like I feel that way too. Oh god. I can't <laughs> imagine what I'd be like when I get into the studio. I mean, it's already bad enough when I do class like normally. Sometimes the teacher will like yeah, right. say the exercise and then I'll be listening and I won't be processing it and I'll be like, what did they just say? I'm just going to follow the person You're like in the mirror. you literally thinking about something else. Yeah, it's like nothing's going in. And I'm just going to follow someone in the mirror and like pretend I know what I'm doing and I don't. Yeah, but unfortunately because of these quarantine restrictions, I'm like stuck in a corner where like I can't really like see anybody and um, so you can't copy then anymore. I like have to make up the ex- <laughs> or I have to be like the exorcist and like look back. Oh, I mean, that's the thing about being a professional dancer. I will say when you make up the exercise, it doesn't look like you're making it up because it's like so natural. When I make it up, it's like me looking around, looking completely lost and just putting my feet in like hoping I get enough tondus. Oh no, wait, we're doing roller base? Okay, we're doing it now. So like when I make up stuff, it really looks like I'm making it up. When professionals do it, I've seen those more ballet day classes, man. They don't, they don't, they look like they meant to do it. It's suave. Well, sometimes I do mean to do it. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> sometimes i just accidentally forgot your combination i shouldn't say that it's okay no one's listening to this that would be offended it's fine all right all right okay well we hope you guys enjoyed this episode and we hope you're taking care of yourself um if you're struggling with anything i think you've heard from this conversation that it's normal and you'll get through it just don't give up and keep going and learning how mm. to be kind to yourself take care of yourself you guys <laughs> Bye. Bye.